0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tug Entertainment or
1: its partners. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host Brian K. Wright here on the Rockstar Radio Network have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living then success profiles radio is the program for you every week we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life guests will come from many different backgrounds including expertise in leadership business relationships careers networking health overcoming adversity and much more Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright.
0: Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It'll be great. I just want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. I was a guest on a show last week called Conversation Corner, co-hosted by Rick Limpert, who was a previous guest on my show. One of, the, one of several topics we talked about was self-limiting beliefs and how they can stop us from being who we were meant to be. I think a lot of self-limiting beliefs have to do with feeling unworthy and undeserving, and when we don't believe in our gifts, we tend not to act on them if we stop ourselves or let others stop us we're fully subscribing to that negative belief and we all go through it at some point so what can we do instead simply tell yourself that your negative limiting beliefs aren't true find positive things about yourself that are true notice what people tend to compliment you on and where you've succeeded in the past focus on what is good what is noble what is true those are the things that empower us and help us to live our purpose sometimes we just need to get out of our own way and if we can do that It is a battle we all face every day. Then we are well on our way to doing anything we really want to do in our lives. With all of this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. Before I forget, let me give you the call-in number in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is... in Ontario, Canada. Her passion has been placed on hold for many years due to juggling a full-time career as an interior designer, business owner, social engagements, charities, and most important thing, uh, raising three incredible children. In 2009, she realized that her love of writing needed to have a more prominent place in her life and has now led her on a journey far beyond her expectations. Writing on a daily basis since childhood has been her hobby, which then led to writing her first successful romance novel titled Eye of the Storm. In the short time her book has been released through her publishing company, Eye of the Storm has sold out five times in the first three weeks. The ratings through Google, Yahoo, as well as so many other search engines have listed CKG Books' Eye of the Storm continually in the top five out of millions. Eye of the Store has magically filtered its way into the movie industry, and it is now in pre production to become a major motion picture to be released in early 2014. With all that in mind, here is my guest, CK Gray. Welcome to the show. Are you there?
2: I am here, Brian. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. It's a real honor to have you here. So, uh, one thing I like to do with my guests at the beginning of the show is talk a little bit about background. So, tell us how you got started, where your journey began, what your journey was like, and how that led to your current place.
2: Well, my journey began as far back as I can remember, probably as far back to when I was holding my first pencil. Uh, most likely, that's uh, I think that's when my, my writing began and my passion for writing. And as a child, I used to write short stories do a little comic strips for my mom, write silly poems to old boyfriends, and that's kind of how it all began. But just my passion and my love for writing um, just was something I did on an everyday basis, ongoing. Every single day, I had a diary when I was a child. I journaled, I wrote, and never knowing that I would ever write a book until mm. about three years ago. And then I have this epiphany that hit me and just I thought, you know what, I need to do what makes me happy and what I love to do most. And after putting my passion on hold for so many years, raising a family as you stated before earlier, mm-hmm. um it just my life was so um so busy and I was um just consumed by life in general. So it was mm-hmm. basically life was taking over my life and I didn't really have a lot of time to do what I love to do. And I realized I needed to do what I love to do most and that was to write, I came up with a storyline, and there you go.
0: That's great. That's my
3: first
2: book.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, a lot of people, when like I talked about earlier, I don't know if you, you got to hear the dis- brief discussion on self-limiting beliefs. Was that ever a part of the equation for you, or did you have a pretty good idea that this is something that you kind of wanted to do someday?
2: It was something I knew I wanted to do one day and it was just a question of when I was gonna do that. And it was, you know, we procrastinate so much in our lives, all of us do. And you know, then we get to an age where we think, Ah, it's too late and then you start to think negatively and then you think if you know, if you wrote this, is it gonna go anywhere? Is it gonna be good enough for the public? Is it gonna be are you gonna be a failure? I mean, everything comes to comes to a head at that time and I think you really start to question yourself about um you know, where's this going to go? And I just did what I felt was in my heart to do. So peeling back every layer and I just wrote it and figured, okay, you know what? If it, if it goes, if it reaches anybody, if there's positive feedback, I'll take it from there. But it was, it was a risk. It was a chance. It was something I needed to do. So I did it.
0: Okay. That sounds fantastic. You also have a career in interior design. Is that right? That is right. 26 years as an interior wow. designer, which is my okay. other
2: passion. So it's the creativity which I can pour into my work as creating and designing uh, space, whether it be commercial or residential. And mm-hmm. then when I write, it's creating that fictional story. And, okay. again, your imagination can run wild. So this is I have a passion for both. I really do. I love, I love everything I do. Mm-hmm. And I love my full-time occupation, and they say if you love what you do, it's like never working a day in your life. So I guess mm-hmm. I've never worked a day in my life.
0: You well, know, there you I do, go. I do
2: have the stresses, but, yeah, I, yeah. I, I really do love what I do.
0: Great. So you you feel like the creative component in both of those careers, interior design and writing, are very similar?
2: Absolutely. It's just, you know, two different ways. You can, you know, when you're designing and creating a space, whether that be commercial, a retail space, commercial um, property, or a residential property. You just, mm-hmm. you know, as long as your clientele will let you run with your ideas
3: mm-hmm. and your
2: imagination, that's what mm-hmm. I did with, you know, that's what I do with that work. And then okay. with my book, it's basically the same thing. I come up with an idea, I can run with that thought. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, that's what I do. It's, uh, I, I don't run away from my thoughts, I run with them. So I just okay. let it go.
0: That's great. So let me ask you about creativity. Do you mm-hmm. feel like it's more intuitive or do you think that it can be developed?
2: I think I think everybody has that creative genius in them. I just think a lot of us don't allow ourselves to, you know, that we're just too afraid. Again, I think a lot of us don't give ourselves enough credit. I think the mm-hmm. majority of the population we think negatively like we'll never be good enough at what we do or why pursue it. I'm not very good at this. You know, you always hear that every day. You know, I I've, uh, I've done this, but it's not very good. And mm-hmm. I think you just have to take the initiative and start thinking positively and if it's something that you'd love to do, the more you just go ahead and do it. And the more you do, the better you're going to get at it. No matter what it is in life. If you play baseball okay. and you pitch, and the more you pitch, the better you're going to get. You know, okay. you just the more you write, the better you're going to get.
0: So yeah. So I hear you saying that our creative genius manifests itself in different ways according to the gifts that we've been given. Does that sound... We right?
2: all have a gift. We all, right. all have a gift. I honestly believe we all do. It's just we need to find that gift. And mm. everybody has one, and we just mm-hmm. need to find find that gift. And once you do, mm-hmm. you just go with it and yeah. don't let anything hold you back. And that's yeah. I my, my passion for writing. I never thought um, it would go where it's gone today. I just feel... I'm still overwhelmed by the whole process and the whole journey. It still hasn't hit me yet. And people ask me, you know, when is it going to hit? When is this going to hit? I said, maybe when I see the movie trailer or maybe if I'm sitting there and I'm at the premiere or maybe the day I see it on the movie screen. I mean, who knows? It's still, you know, I I still do what I do every day. I write. I do my interior design work. I come home. I still cook. I still do laundry like everybody Mm -hmm. else right um, And I just I just continue my, my regular routine, and writing is just like I said, a passion, and I never thought that it would end up where it
0: has. So Okay. Something else that you uh, talked about mm-hmm. that I, I wanted to touch on, you mentioned something about your clients trusting you to run with your vision. How does one develop that kind of trust? And do you feel like that trust also manifests itself in your writing between you and your audience?
3: I
2: think what you have to do is you have to develop, first of all, they have to be able to like what you do, they have mm-hmm. to be able to like you as a person, and that like eventually builds trust. And Thank if they, I mean, with the interior design, the trust factor, absolutely, um, you know, you'll get um, clients that just, you know, recurring and just constantly, you know, you're called back to do another job or they move and they want you to do another office or they want you to do another, you know, their, their homes. So if they build up that trust in you, then basically they know your design, they know your work, Mm -hmm. they know your creativity, they know Mm -hmm. what you're capable of, and then they're going to hire you back and they'll let you basically take the lead and say, okay, I've got the perfect idea, um, the perfect sense of design for this, what you're looking at, and then I just Mm -hmm. go ahead and do it. Some of it's just like carte blanche, just go ahead and do it and I trust you with it. And the same thing with... I believe what you write I mean I've been doing the interior design for twenty six years so mm-hmm. you know, it's it's take you know, it takes a long time to build up that reputation as well. You don't get it immediately. It takes a long time for your reputation in the business to build and for people to you know, word of mouth is huge. That's huge. Yeah. And I think that is that is your best sense and the best way to you know, build up your fan base, to build up your clientele, to build up your customer base, to build up whatever in life. It's that trust, um, that trust factor. And once they trust you, that's it. And same as, like I said, with the writing. And yeah. The more you write, the better you get. And if you've got a, a fan base that builds and builds and builds and people love your storyline and then it just, you know, it goes viral. And once it goes viral and the word goes out there... There's so many others that want to read it, and the feedback the feedback on my website, there's well over 100 testimonials submitted, and, you know, people have read that, and it's not just females, it's also males, probably mm-hmm. 25 to 30% male feedback as well, so wow. the story I did write um, also mm-hmm. captivated the attention of men. So,
0: That's we- great, and we are coming up against our very first break. My very special guest this week is C.K. Grace. She is the author of the romance novel, Eye of the Storm. It is being turned into a movie and we will start discussing that very interesting topic right after the break. Please stay with us. This is Success Profiles Radio.
1: The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? Smartguy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world, managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves the smart guy. Smartguy.com. At Solovey, we
0: think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solove with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service. And simply making the switch to Solovey is the first step to spending less. $49 a month for unlimited voice, text, and data. But it gets even better. You can earn money just for sharing Solovey with others. As your network of connections grows, both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you, you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month. Visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solovey revolution.
1: Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
0: And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is romance novelist, C.K. Gray. She is the author of the book called Eye of the Storm, which ranks very, very highly on the search engines if you look it up online. And she's got a website. And what is that website, Carrie?
2: It's um, ckgbooks.com.
0: ckgbooks.com. Okay. And what we will talk about in this next section is... uh, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about the book. You're getting this turned into a movie, and we'll certainly explore that in detail, but tell us about this book that we're going to expect to see in the theaters.
2: Um, this book, for those out there in the audience that have seen The Notebook, it's, it's that type of captivating romance novel. It's very, very um, captivating. It's one of these love stories that I think everybody can relate to. It's Although it's fictional, I think a lot of people can relate to real life, real true happening um, in their own lives and things do happen and although like I said it is a fictional novel, it is something that is very realistic. So that is I think that it cap- captivates the audience.
0: That's fantastic. And you I mean the notebook came out did that book, when did the notebook come out? Was it was a couple years ago?
2: No, I think it I think it came out in maybe like 2004, 2005, quite a while okay. ago.
0: Okay. Mhm. It was okay. Way okay. was this it. book inspired? Was this book inspired by the Notebook, or did you make a conscious effort to make it different than that? Because that might be the comparison people draw, like you alluded to.
2: Absolutely nothing like the Notebook whatsoever. Um, the Notebook. I I love Nicholas Sparks. I think he's he's awesome. I think he's a a genius writer. I think he's so talented. And a lot of his his books have been um, made into movies. Obviously. Notebook being probably the one... I think the Notebook is has become a household name. I mean, it's not often that you will say, have you ever heard of the Notebook, and somebody will say no. The majority of the population, I believe, have heard of the Notebook. So my book is based on, uh, like I said, a very captivating romance. It's a love story like mm-hmm. no other. It's okay. a connection between two people that it's almost, um, I guess you could say... Is it worth giving up everything for the one you love?
3: Okay. Um,
2: are you destined to be with the one you're with, or is the, your soulmate out there? So okay. it's, it's a reconnection. It's a historical romance beginning in 1902 in Savannah, Georgia, and it's um, between a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old who had this love connection like no other, and they yeah. are so connected in so many ways that, unfortunately, I mean, I probably shouldn't give this part away, but um, their life ends as quickly as it were to begin. So mm. it's, and then it picks up in modern day time in Seattle, Washington, between two other couples. And the story goes from there. And there is like a, a love romance and a love connection mm. like no other. And okay. it just builds on that and it shows through the book. And I think the readers can feel and. They understand the love between them, and although Mm -hmm. you may think it's morally wrong, which it is, but in the end, I think you really gain, uh, you just, you fall in love with these characters, and you realize, and then you're, you're, you back them up, and, and you, you understand the concept, what true love and finding your soulmate
0: really means. That sounds great. So, you've always gravitated toward writing fiction, then? Was that a conscious choice as well? I mean, fiction versus nonfiction.
2: I never knew what I would write. I mean, I am not a reader of romance at all. I, again, you know, I read more philosophy, biographies, uh, psychology. I do not read romance if I've read, you know, maybe three to five romance novels in my life. But I never I never knew what type of book I'd write. But it was just so happened I came up with the story, and it ended up being a fictional story. So I think I'm going to stick to that genre. Yeah. I'm better off with fictional romance again Pouring that creativity in the characters and, you know, if it's if it's a nonfiction book, it has to be based on fact and being fictional, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's it's a lot better to follow your heart and just let it go where it goes rather than trying to put something in a box where it doesn't feel right.
2: Absolutely. And this felt so right. When I was writing this, it felt so right. And the okay. story just Load so easily as I was writing it. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and right. I want this to happen, and yeah, it was so easy. It took me nine months to write the first book, but it mm. was just something that that was so easy to write. And then I yeah. thought, okay, that's it. I'm finished the first book, and then um, I went on to another storyline which I had actually come up with in the midst of writing Eye of the Storm, mm-hmm. and I began to write that book, and I had so many. Uh, people and fans of mine all of a sudden became these huge fans and this following and said, you have to write a sequel. What happens? What happens? What happens? So I left everybody hanging at the end of Eye of the Storm, and I thought, you know what? I better better do as my audience asks, and that is to write a sequel. So I did. So After the Storm was just released this year. It was released in... uh, in April or May of this year, 2012,
0: mm-hmm. which
2: is the sequel. But that is it. There will not be a trilogy,
0: and, and that's mm-hmm. kind of ended. Okay. Did you do a lot of research when you put this book together?
2: Um, I did a little bit of research because it was historical romance beginning in mm-hmm. 1902, so there were yeah. a few things that I really did have to research to get mm-hmm. my back straight. But other than that, no. I mean, there's, there's still things... Um, there's a section in it where Virginia Moon and, um, my impression, my thoughts of a Virginia Moon would be more or less a big, bright, beautiful, orange, you know, light up the sky kind of moon. And yeah. with, um, you know, I just had to Google that and I did. And Virginia Moon, the only thing that came up with it was the Foo Fighters song, which I love. And I thought, okay, good. There's no connection here. I can use it. So, yeah, I just, I had to be careful of what mm-hmm. I used and what was legal and what was not legal to use. But other than that, yeah, there there were a few times I did have to do a little Google searching, but other than that, I was okay.
0: Okay, so let me ask you uh, <clears throat> about getting this into a movie. You got interest from several production houses. Was there a bidding war over this? How did they find you? How did this happen?
2: It went, actually, when the first book was released, when I, The Storm, was released, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when I, The Storm, was released, It was – I think it just filtered through Twitter, my fan page, my Facebook fan page, my website, my own Facebook page, everywhere. And I think it just ended up in the hands of somebody in Hollywood who had a huge interest. And they contacted me within the first six months that the book was out, and they had a huge interest in it. Um, I gave them a six-month option on it. And to see what they would do. I know that they were busy with three other Sony films at the same time. So I wasn't too sure if they were gonna to get to it or not. And the time came up and when their, when the option was up, the time lapsed after the six months. There were a few others in the waiting that, that showed a huge interest, peaked a piqued a big interest in, in this mm. one. And so I met with then during that time I realized that this really wasn't um, wasn't the genre because these other these other people had um you know one was into more of the CSI type of movies, you know, those types of things and or shows and another one was um more horror mystery um mm. and I'm thinking, you know, this is this isn't the right genre. So mm. all of a sudden they were they were approaching me, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And then yeah. there was another one that I thought, you know what, he just really doesn't have that big of a background that, you know, that I need to look at somebody who has um, a lot of um, success in the industry whose background who can produce this movie um, in has developed other films and in romance drama or romantic mm-hmm. comedy and ironically somebody did somebody approached me in may mm-hmm. and I still can't I still can't divulge that but the movie okay. that they have the movies that they have produced have been you know, over a hundred million, you know, profits and net from okay. those movies. So,
0: okay. it's,
2: they're they're huge in the industry, and they're okay. the ones that actually have my book right now that are working okay.
0: pre-production. And since you are in pre-production, there are a lot of confidentiality clauses that you have to honor at this point. Is Absolutely. that right? Absolutely. Uh huh. That's great. So there but really wasn't so much. It's
2: up on the IMDb site, and it will soon enough, I believe, be in a Variety magazine. So it'll Good. be out in out to public soon
0: enough. That's great. So it sounds like the criteria that you had for picking the production house was who has experience in your genre. It wasn't necessarily a bidding war per se then, right?
2: Right. It was exactly. I mean, nobody. there wasn't really a bidding war going on. It was more or less the interest, and okay. it was up to me. I was sent contracts from all different production companies and looked okay. at them, and, and it was just seemed like one after the other. I believe there were five or six production okay. companies that approached me with this.
0: That's great. I think we've got about three minutes or so to our next break. So let me just mm-hmm. ask you about the screenplay because it's got, we has got two minutes to the break. Mm-hmm. So how, how, how do you get a screenwriter, a screenplay writer to do this? I mean, were they bidding for this project or how did you pick that?
2: Well, the production company um, picked eight of the biggest Hollywood screenwriters and they all pitched to me. So mm. I got to choose who I thought was the best. And I do believe I, I got the best because once this all comes out public, you'll know who it is. And I think his name really stands true to, to this genre.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So your criteria was based on maybe what films that they've already worked on mm-hmm. and how Absolutely. successful they who were. They,
2: right. Exactly. Past films, um, their success in the industry, the writing ability, um, everything that they were connected to, past movies, in the same genre, and yes, I definitely have the best screenwriter. Definitely. Mm. Absolutely. There's yeah. no question.
0: That's mm-hmm. great. So once you pick a production house, they mm-hmm. uh, they basically take care of everything and guide you along the way. Okay, we need to do this now. We need to do that now. Is that right?
2: Yes, the um, production company basically does everything. I mean, I'm, I'm the writer. They've also asked me to be executive producer of the movie, so I will be executive producer, which is a real honor. Yes. Um, considering that all I did was write a book.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, you have yeah. to be the consultant since you are the author, and they want to stay as true to you your story as possible we've got just a few seconds Mm -hmm. to our next break so we are talking with ck gray she is a romance novelist she wrote eye of the storm it's being turned into a movie and filming is beginning soon is that right
2: it should begin in april or may of 2013 yes
0: okay and that will come out early in 2014 is that right They are scheduling to be out
2: in the movie theaters for uh, Valentine's Day 2014.
0: That sounds great. We are up against our next break. We will be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us.
1: The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network.
0: Energy saving Solutions' innovative Double Green plan enables you to switch to energy efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more. And that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our Double Green plan. Double Green allows you to convert to LEDs with no of pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings from the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis call Joshua May at 888-620-8133 extension 7082 or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com.
1: and gentlemen it's time for you to be a rock star get ready to rock with rock talk and craig deswald and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every tuesday afternoon at 2 one central on Toginet.com. craig deswald is the creator of the rock star system for success craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside the box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on TuggyNet.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
0: And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is C.K. Gray. She is the author of the romance novel Eye of the Storm, which is being turned into a movie. She had several production houses who were very interested in doing this movie, and she picked one based on their experience in the romance genre. Uh, We talked about screenplays and how she picked her screenwriter. What I want to do next is to ask her about casting. I'm sure everyone is dying to know who's going to be in this movie. I know there are some things that you're not able to talk about yet, but let me just ask, when you wrote this book, did you have specific people in mind when you put your characters together, and as you were casting, did you have specific people in mind based on the characters you wrote about?
2: When I first wrote it, I wasn't really thinking about, um, you know, who I would, and because obviously I never would have ever thought that this mm-hmm. would ever have become a movie. This is a This is a miracle in itself, but... Um, so obviously, I wasn't thinking that way. I did when I did write it though I thought, okay, because I am a music lover i am mm-hmm. so I am so a music lover, and every type of music, um, every single band, you know, just from rock to rhythm and blues to pop to country to everything so As I was writing, I thought, oh, my gosh, this would be perfect behind this scene. This would be perfect. This song is so perfect for this scene. I was thinking music more than I was thinking characters. But then again, when we do write as an author, we always tend to bring ourselves into every book, okay? Every author does that. Um, You know, there's – Carolina has three children. The personalities of her children are very much, you know, the same as my children. You know, because my children, I know them better than anybody else. And what – you know, I just figured, well – I can use their personalities, I can use, you know, their interests, and so, yes, I did pull them a little bit, obviously their names are not the same, but I did pull, and their ages are completely different, but I did pull um, the characteristics of my own children into the characters of Carolina's children, and just, you know, I needed somebody who's passive, I needed a few different personalities as well, Mm -hmm. to show that there is a difference, it's not, you know, everybody's life. Um, you know, somebody's married to somebody who's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just, just not an easy person to live with. And then some people live with the greatest people, but they're still not happy. So mm-hmm. you know, it just I had to pull that mix in there. But picking characters yeah. again, um, I I really didn't know. I thought Carolina, if if I could bring back Michelle Pfeiffer to about you know ten fifteen years mm-hmm. before, she would be the absolute Character um, which would portray Carolina, so mm. I thought okay carolina she's she's small, she's got a great personality she's beautiful she's you know just very much like Michelle Pfeiffer would be, but we couldn't mm. use her as a character, obviously because unfortunately she's too old for the characters, the characters are are more or less in their early forties, so okay. with the main characters, so again, I am not a real <clears throat> I am not a real watcher of movies. I, I do not watch a lot of TV. Um, I don't watch a lot of movies. So obviously I don't know a lot of the big movie stars out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that, and sorry, <clears throat> I had something in my throat. But I, I really, what That's I needed okay. to do was when we were casting, which was actually my last trip or trip before, um, we were looking through casting. So basically I had to go on the IMDb site, and it was almost like looking at, um, you know, when you look at mug shots. And you're, you're scrolling through and you say, no, and that wasn't him. No, no, no. Yeah, that's it. And so I was looking at it and I, I could, obviously, since I wrote it, I have the visual of the characters. So only I will be able to say, you know, to the directors or to the producers, this is exactly who, you know, this is the perfect person to portray this character. This is the mm-hmm. look. And that's how I basically achieved that. And then, mm-hmm. of course, the, the production team, they looked at it. And, of course, we want... A-list people, so we want great actors, which we mm-hmm. actually are going to have incredible actors, and everybody okay. will know who they are um, in this movie. So we, I think, we've portrayed the perfect characters.
0: Okay. Do any did, did any people have to audition for their part, or did you say I want them and they're going to be in it?
2: No, I just suggested. I'm not bossy. You just say, oh,
0: okay, <laughs> you just suggested, and and okay. then they will they'll so do their due diligence. Know, I said,
2: and- yeah, I would say this person, this person or this person or this person or this person. I said, oh, yeah, I think we can get this one. Let's check and see if this one's available. And so, yeah, we've, we've basically come up with our A-list of people. But it was something where I, I gave them a list of the people that I thought would por- portray the best, and then they took it from there. So okay. it, it was a mutual decision between everybody and even mm-hmm. the screenwriter. So between the screenwriter and the production team and myself, we did have a meeting um, picking the A-list of
0: people. So Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's so fun. I, I have this friend, and, and uh, we – sometimes when movies come out, we'll play this game where we'll try and cast the movie ourselves. Like, for example, when the Bewitched movie came out, it was a horrible, atrocious movie. Mm-hmm. But we were uh, guessing who would each character be, and we both guessed Shirley McLean would be Endora, and that's exactly who they cast. But mm-hmm. It's so much fun to kind of guess – who mm-hmm. people are going to be, and I'll tell you what, I think they should have cast ben, uh, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck as Darren and switched them out in the middle without saying anything, just like they did on the TV show. Okay. That would right, have been hysterically right. funny, but they cast Will Ferrell. Okay, you're going a different direction with this. That's fine. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> That's but yeah. true.
2: I mean, looking yeah. at these characters and thinking, okay, this is the perfect person. And if we don't get this person, if for some reason this person – um have something else at that time or can't do it or for some reason so we have our kind of our B list our backup list but I mean they're still all great but it's just that you know you get somebody stuck in your mind and that's the perfect person and obviously like I said since I wrote the character I had the visual of who that character should be and um, and then yeah express it and then obviously the rest of the crew and the production team I'll look at it and say okay so they know that that's what that character looks like
0: that sounds great so Mm -hmm. what else what else do you want to talk about in terms of setting this up, in terms of the pre-production? What else goes into pre-production besides uh, getting your screenplay writer and casting the characters?
2: Oh my gosh, it's such a long process. I have, this is a whole new learning experience for me. I, have, I never thought um, it's incredible how much goes into um, producing a movie. And you, nobody really understands unless they're involved in it. I mean, first of all, obviously, you've got all the legal contracts. That's the number one most important thing is the legality of the whole thing and protecting yourself in the industry, protecting your story right, copyright, the whole thing. So it's, it's a lot of legality that has to go through. And that's, that seems to be... The part because I mean it goes from one person to the next, and then you've got your attorney change things. It goes back to this one, and you know it's back and forth, back and forth. So that can take months in itself, just mm. the legal end of it. So, mm. but it's um I mean it's been a pretty smooth ride up into you know till now because it's like I said, of course you're going to go through your hurdles
1: and yes. you know
2: the um, pre-production investors, and then you know it's basically left to the team, to the production team to get the pre-sale foreign pre sale investors to get the big investors, the ones who are investing the millions and you know, that's that's all their thing. That's okay. not my thing. But it's just it is it's been a long process. Mm-hmm. Um, really not, but it has been in my eyes, because like mm-hmm. I just want to get this thing filmed. Let's just do this. But yeah. there's so much that goes into it and then obviously um, the scene, the scenery, um, find out, you know, where it's going to be filmed and then, you know, find out the tax credits for those different states and it's mm. just everything involved, and obviously your costume design people, Yeah.
3: Um,
2: you know, then you have to obviously get into the sound mixing, re-recording mixing, the post-production, the whole thing. So there's a lot of different stages it has to go through, and it's, yeah. you know, this is why it does take so long to make a movie, yeah. and even though Eliza and John, which are the 17-year-old and nine, 19-year-old, um, it's, let me see, they are, you know, it's, The first eight chapters of the book, but really in the scene in the movie, it'll only be about maybe eight minutes, maybe 10 minutes max of the entire movie. So really the eight chapters can turn into, you know, maybe eight, 10 minutes. That's it.
0: Hmm. That brings up a real interesting question because when you're converting a big novel into a two-hour movie, there have to be Mm -hmm. considerations. I mean, do Mm -hmm. you add to the storyline? How do you know what to subtract? Do you stay true to the book or do you make it Mm – I, I don't want to say more interesting because the book is interesting, mm-hmm. but I mean,
3: y- you do you
2: know where I'm going with that? Form. Yeah. You have to put it in a movie form. I mean, a book's a book. There's many times that you'll read a book and then you go see the movie. And then yeah. you think, oh my gosh, this is nothing like I just read. And basically, yeah. that's what happens, I believe, when the author sells the rights, which mm. I have not done.
3: Oh, okay.
2: So I did not want to do that. We need to keep the um, same line, which we are, but... In order to make it from from book to movie, um, you need to basically put a lot more in. I'm not a real detailed writer. Mm-hmm. I don't put a lot of fluff in my book. I just get to the point. That's kind of how how my life is. It's like, get to the point. So right. um, that's how I write. And that's of my books. It's only, you know, it's just less than 200 pages. But okay. it does, I mean, I don't write about, you know, the leaf as it falls, you know, falling from the tree as the sun glistens, as it, you know, floats in the water <laughs> of the sand, and blah, blah, blah. Right. That is not how I write. And mm-hmm. the thing is, I think a lot of writers, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not going to criticize anybody for doing that. But that does take up a lot of pages. And the way I like yeah. to read is the way I like to write. So I basically got yeah. to the point. Now, obviously, when you make it into movie form, you've got a lot of add a lot more into it. Um, right. I work with the screenwriter. Um, we've got a few meetings, and it's basically, okay, we should add this. and You know, it's always the afterthoughts after your book's published. You always say, well, maybe I should have put this in, or I should have put this in, or I should have changed this, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But eventually, now that I have a chance to put in things that I, I it was an afterthought. Now we can put it into the movie. So there's a lot more connections. There's a lot wow. more that's going to draw that audience, that nobody's going to want to leave their seat during that you know, hour and a half hour and 45 minutes, however long the movie is. I want people to sit there at the edge of their seat. I don't want them to get up, even take a bathroom break. I just want them to sit there and, and watch it. So that's what, we're, that's what we're working at. and that's why I said we've got you know one of the best screenwriters in the industry. And, again, I, you know, Fantastic. we work together and throwing in more ideas and really great call, um, phone call. I think I had, a, you know, over a couple hour phone call with him one day. I just came up with this, all these ideas. I said, well, okay. what we if we have this and we have this? And he said, great idea, great idea. So, anyway, it's basically up to him to write it into the screenplay because I have never written a screenplay. That's not anything I want to attempt right now. Right. Maybe one day.
0: But for all right, right, right. Now, I'll just, you know, keep, keep it on as an author. That's great. And we are coming against our final break. This hour is going so quickly. It's unbelievable. We are going to be right back after our final break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away.
1: The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network.
0: Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now.
1: In today's business world, you have to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's a great tool, and Carol McManus is the LinkedIn Lady. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady show every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Carol is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. In each show, the LinkedIn lady will have a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInlady.com. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show with your host, Carol McManus, every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network.
0: And we are back. This is our final segment of Success Profiles Radio. And my guest this week is romance novelist C.K. Gray, whose book is called Eye of the Storm. And it's being turned into a movie. It is in pre-production right now. We've been talking about how that has all come together. What I'd like to ask next is how you built your fan base because obviously you put yourself out there for these production houses to begin finding you like we talked about earlier in the show. So let's talk about how you built your fan base. And I think this has application to anyone out there who has a business or mm-hmm. is in sales or has some kind of an entrepreneurial venture on their own.
2: I think social media is the is the way to go right now. I mean, twenty years ago, I don't think we'd all be where we are today. Um, social media helps us so much in this industry, no matter what you do if you're in sales marketing, whatever you're trying to do or whatever you're trying to promote I honestly believe that the social media, whether it be Twitter, um, a website your you know LinkedIn um, fan pages, your regular Facebook pages, any of those I think they all help with the social media and it's also belonging to groups that are connected to you. I belong to a lot of authors and reader groups, things like that. so with those um with that being said i I think that word just spreads, and you know the the groups that you belong to um you know they just they just grow by leaps and bounds, and then the word gets out and and the other thing is i I honestly feel that. It's really important if you believe in something, um, believe in somebody else, believe in somebody else's product, believe in somebody else's stories, books, authors, whatever. Um, it's I think it's it's good to promote them as well, and I think we you know it's it's helping everybody to achieve success. And I mean there's there's I mean like even yourself promoting on my Twitter my Twitter page with the um, the radio show today, and nice. you know other authors promoting me and promoting my books. And, you know, it just, it really helps in social media. I think that's the, I think it's your, your best form of advertising, getting your name out there, building your fan base. And again, the trust factor, um, people liking what you write, liking what you say, your blogs and yes. just, it's just keeping it out there.
0: Yeah. So if someone wanted to buy this book, how could they go about doing that?
2: Um they could go on my website com, and then on the right hand side of the web page um you can get it through barnes and noble online you can get it on amazon.com amazon. ca amazon uk um the book is pretty much sold worldwide and of course all the e-readers it's available on all e-readers sony kindle kobo the nook um and then buy books on the web.com it's all on the right hand side of the web Web page. All you have to do is click on it. It'll give you all the different mm. places you can purchase it from.
0: That's great. And your pers- your and your website uh, is ckgraybooks.com. Nope. Is that right? CKGbooks. CkG
2: Books. CK, CkG or That's my website. Yes. Okay. And then my fan page is lovestory Story let me see. What is my fan page? Love Story Dash Romance Novels by CKG Books, and that's on my um, that's Facebook fan
0: page. And
2: then okay. um, obviously my Twitter is at CKG
0: Books. Okay, fantastic. Now the fact that you've established such a following, mm-hmm. uh, we talked earlier about how your fans really asked you to write a sequel to this first book. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that take you by surprise, or how did that come about?
2: It. Um I think I knew in my heart that I needed to have an ending. I need closure with everything in life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, even if I'm doing an interior design job, I just have to, okay, it's finished, last job, finished, everything's good, pictures, okay, that's my closure. Everything's fine, everybody's approved everything, you know, everybody's happy. That's my closure. And I think the same thing I would take in the same context with the writing of the book. So when I've got enough people that are asking me for an ending, and I knew in my heart when I did complete Eye of a Storm, I left everybody hanging. I really mm. did. And they're like, okay, what happened? What happened? So I think that was actually, that was a little hook that I, yeah. I you know, it was subconscious. You know, yeah. at a subconscious level, not really knowing, but then realizing, you know what? People really need closure. They really need yeah. to know what happened. So okay. I did. So I ended up writing. Okay.
0: Was, there, was there some conscious decision to let people fill in their blanks and, and decide for themselves how, how things turned out? Or did people really want you to spell it all the way out for them?
2: Oh, nobody nobody suggested anything to me. It was all me. They just okay. wanted an ending. I don't think they really cared. They just needed an ending. So I just figured, okay, okay you that's know cool. what, this, this so, be
0: fun. Mm-hmm. So how did you decide to self-publish versus getting a big publishing house to work with you?
2: Um, I figured that, you know what, I want to do this. I want to get it done. And if, in the meantime, it does get picked up by a major publishing company, then that's all the better for me. If not, um, then I'll just do the self-publishing, which is actually the way to go now. People are really starting to self-publish, I think, more than ever before. There's mm-hmm. advantages, there's disadvantages. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to get your book out there and you find a reputable um, publishing, self-publishing company that will take your book and promote it, I mean, there's a lot of them out there. You just need to find the ones that are going to work for you. Um, mm-hmm. The only disadvantage with most self-publishing companies is they don't really promote the book for you. They will have it on their no. site, but you have to do the promoting or hire an agent or somebody. But other than that, I just felt like I needed to get it out there, and I will, and I did. And it's gone viral, and the traction that this book has gained has just, um, I said you know before, it's just—it's so overwhelming. Yeah. But it's, I just felt that you know I could sit for a few years and send off the manuscript or, whatever to how many publishing companies are out there, hundreds, and just sit back and wait every day, you know, for a letter in the mail, or just do this right away. And then if a publishing company one day, a traditional publishing company, Penguin, Random House, whoever, Sterling Books, whoever picks it up, you know, you never know. And Mm -hmm. I did approach these companies. I did have meetings with them in New York. Um, I did hand them a copy of my book. So... Maybe one day. I mean, now that it's going to be made into a major motion picture,
0: uh-huh.
2: um, they could be running to me now. Who knows? But
0: Yeah. I think once yeah. somebody sees the gravy train start, mm-hmm. they want to hop on at the earliest possible time. So I think you're going to get some action on that. I think you'll have some opportunities there to say no or yes to somebody.
2: Which is okay either way. I really don't yes. mind because so far, so good. I mean, I've just I've been very lucky with this so far, but you know, you never know with the third book because the third book is being written now. Um, I expected it to be out this fall, mm-hmm. but obviously that didn't happen just because okay. of you know, where my life's taken me over the past year. I haven't had a whole lot of time of traveling yeah. back and forth to L.A. every other month, but, um, and then my own work life. So I haven't had a okay. whole lot of time to get this book going, but I really hope okay. to get it out there next
0: year. That's great, and you said there was not going to be a trilogy. So, is this going to be a completely unrelated story then?
2: Completely unrelated, but another great story. This one, That's... this one's great. It's got a little bit of um, mystery in it, a little bit of drama. Still mm-hmm. fictional, but it's a really great storyline, and it's one like I said that I I knew the storyline. I have it all. It's it's all written. Um, all the bullet points and you mm-hmm. know chapters are written for it, which have been done for you know over a year, year and a half, two nice. years. But nice. um, it's just filling in all the blanks now.
0: So. Yeah, that's great. So for all of the success you are having with this book, Eye of the Storm, being turned into a movie, Hindsight is twenty twenty. Is there anything that you would have changed or done differently?
2: Um, I don't know. You know, I, I I, think everything I've done so far has been pretty positive.
3: Yeah. And
2: I believe that I've done the right thing. I've done all the right things. Um, maybe the only regret I would have is, that I would have done this earlier in life. I may not mm. have waited so long. Mm. And like I say, but I do say, you know, the my Carrie quote, which is life is half lived before we really understand what life is all about. So mm. that being great. my um that being my claim to fame, I think quote, and if you do if you do Google, life is half lived before we really understand what life is all about my name is tagged next to that, so
3: hmm.
2: I think I just live by that. And like I said, I think it just comes everybody has a gift, and they just yeah. have to find it, and they just have to run with it. so yeah, you know, and not procrastinate. And uh, when I had the time, I did it. Mm-hmm. So
0: Did you take creative writing classes? Did you have a formal I mean, you had formal education, but was mm-hmm. that impacted by what you're doing now, or did you just follow your heart and run with it?
2: Well, I think, I think it was something uh, that I had inside me. Like I said, I've always written, and mm-hmm. I think I had a little bit of talent.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but it was something that I knew, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really hard to say. It's really okay. it's hard to say with my creative writing background. I did take, you know, obviously take your English classes, which you have to write the essays and you have to write, you know. So those types of things, yes, but formal creative writing, No.
0: I will say no. That's perfectly Mm -hmm. fine. We've got Mm -hmm. less than three minutes to the end, and so I would like to ask my favorite question that I try to ask everybody I have on my show, and it's simply this. Who motivates and inspires you?
2: My fans, Mm. my friends, my family, um, all those that surround me, because, again, I would not be where I am today without each and every one of them that have supported me through this whole journey who have purchased my books? Who have written amazing, incredible testimonials on my website? Um, the people have contributed to my fan pages. Um, you know who the radio people. You, Brian. You know mm. so many people have you know that have called me, asked me to be on the radio shows. You know magazine interviews, TV interviews, um, newspaper interviews, fundraisers. Mm. You know everything I've been asked to participate in. It's all those people that have helped me get where I am today. So. I would say, wow. it's everybody. Um, everybody has inspired me and motivated me to continue to writing with all the inspirational words, um, all the kind words, the comments, and mm. I mean, I just could not have done it without everybody out. So that's who is wow. my
0: inspiration. That is a great answer. So Thank one you. more time, how can we get a hold of you, and how can we buy your book?
2: Well, you can call me. Not, no, I'm kidding. No,
0: you The phone
2: number. You can, again, go onto my website, ckgbooks.com, um, and on the right-hand side of the website, there's um, the link to all the books um, of where you can purchase the books through all the retailers, Amazon and everybody else, eBooks as well as paperback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, my fan page on Facebook, Love Story-Romance Novels by CKG Books. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and... <clears throat> and, of course, um, my website. All right. That's probably the best one, the website and Twitter, at CKGBooks. And they can, um, they can follow me on Twitter as well because I'll keep doing updates. Okay. Everybody kind of knows where know we're at. And when I can give more information, I will.
0: Sounds great. And I want to thank you so much, uh, C.K. Gray, for being on Success Profiles Radio this week. Please join us next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern for another fantastic episode of Success Profiles Radio. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. You can find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn as well. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please come back next week and have yourself a Merry Christmas, everyone. Take care.